Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A rat done bit my sister Nell. With Whitey on the moon. Her face and arms began to swell. And Whitey's on the moon. I can't pay no doctor bill. But Whitey's on the moon. Ten years from now, I'll be paying still. While Whitey's on the moon. The man just upped my rent last night. Because Whitey's on the moon. No hot water, no toilets, no lights. But Whitey's on the moon. I wonder why he's upping me. Because Whitey's on the moon. I was already paying him 50 a week. With Whitey on the moon. Taxes taking my whole damn check. Junkies making me a nervous wreck. The price of food is going up. And as if all that shit wasn't enough, a rat done bit my sister Nell. With Whitey on the moon. Her face and arm began to swell. But Whitey's on the moon. Was all that money I made last year? For Whitey on the moon. How come there ain't no money here? Hmm. Whitey's on the moon. You know, I just about had my fill. Of Whitey on the moon. I think I'll send these Dr. Bill's airmail special. To Whitey on the moon. Welcome to Democracy-ish. I'm Torre. And I'm Danielle Moody. And Whitey is on the moon in a, what does he call it? Blue rocket, whatever the fuck. Which one? Who are you talking about? The dick rocket that that Bezos took? Or Or the dick rocket that Dick Branson took? which, Which one are you talking about? You know, we have billionaires going into space and millions of people working for minimum wage, working Mm -hmm. multiple jobs, hungry, scrapping, starving. This entire system is totally backwards and fucked. It doesn't make any sense to me. And what got me boiling this week is the talk about American exceptionalism again, as Mm. if we don't spend enough time on this show and on others talking about the fallacy of that entire statement. But for the White House to refer to what is going on right now between Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, and Richard Branson and their dick race to space as it being American exceptionalism, no. That is the epitome of American greed. Mm. Well, the thing that bothers me is when I see people, especially... Uh, some of our brothers and sisters who are saying, well, you know, they have the right to spend their money the way that they want. 
That is the most reductive way of looking at this, and it is the smallest possible aperture. Yes, Jeff Bezos is sitting on $50 billion, and he has the quote-unquote right to spend it how he wants. However, let's pull back Mm -hmm. and talk about how it is that one person was able to amass so much money. And it's not just because he was so much smarter than all the rest of us. He had a $250,000 loan from his parents. Uh That helped him massively. I did not get a $250,000 loan from my parents. I did not get one either. To start a business. Now we have a taxation system Mm -hmm. that he and other wealthy people are able to manipulate. Thank you, Citizens United. So he is working with Congress people, with senators, with governors to say, please give us tax breaks. Amazon, the one of the biggest companies, if not the biggest company, please give us tax breaks. Right. When New York was talking about having an Amazon, we're bending over backwards to give them tax breaks that small businesses Right. Would love so that they could actually have a life, right? And not have to work for this massive company for just a little bit of money because how can small businesses thrive with the Amazons and the Walmarts and Amazons that hire with a plan to fire people before a certain level of benefits kick in, right? There's a TikTok going around where there's a brother sitting in an Amazon picker jacket. Mm -hmm. And he's saying, um, you know, in Amazon, they treat us like slaves and it's a stitch, right? So then jumps to another brother who's standing in a, in a picker jacket. He's like, well, I don't know what Amazon he works for because the one I work for, they don't let us sit. (laughs) You know, it's so funny because just so happened for the first time yesterday, I saw an Amazon commercial on television And it was with a black woman, one of their program officers, talking about their black accelerator program. So as Whitey Mm, was headed to the moon, Mm. he was here. Here, let me roll out some more propaganda for you. During a pandemic, do you know how many Amazon employees came down with COVID? Mm. Do you know how many of them don't receive their benefits and full health care? And Jeff Bezos thanked them. This week? That was disgusting. That statement was completely tone deaf. The workers and the customers of Amazon paid for this. That was disgusting. But when you talk about the payment mm-hmm. and the conditions mm-hmm. in the warehouses where these people have to work, the slave houses mm-hmm. where these people have to work, Part of what you're talking about is the decades long destruction of unions in America and how the GOP and the right since the early 70s, because they wanted big business to be on their side, they have been targeting unions over and over till where the average American thinks union is in and of itself a bad word. Is the the problem. The unions are the problem. Mm -hmm. Teachers unions, workers unions. Oh, my God. So. Now, these people have no protection. Workers have no say, have no way to go up against management if they're not united. And like the destruction of unions in America has left the average worker who's making $15 or less completely uh, politically naked, right, and vulnerable. And this is part of what Jeff Bezos is able to stand upon when he's 
going to the moon. After he had mommy and daddy who were able to give him a quarter of a million dollars. I mean, this, these are the people that we're talking about, like Donald Trump who wouldn't have been able to, he inherited that name, right. inherited the wealth. Daddy gave him a million dollars. More than a million. Right? To go ahead and try this business and do this thing. But what pisses me off, again, is when we look at these people and we want to say that they're exceptional. It's the same way I remember seeing um, Kylie Jenner on the cover of Forbes oh, as Lord. the youngest billionaire. And like, shouldn't she be celebrated? I'm like, she was already fucking wealthy. Right. Right. Like you, ex- you celebrate people who have had to go through all of the obstacles that this country puts in place for people of color, for women, for people with disabilities, for queer people. But that is exceptionalism. When you're able to move outside your station and outside the box, that they want to place you in, that's exceptional. Being able to then make more gains on top of the gains that you were born into is not exceptional. Well, there's this, this, this overriding sense that the rich are rich because they're smart Smart. and they Mm -hmm. made good choices. You would think that four years of being up close and personal with Donald Trump would prove that you can be really dumb and rich at the same time. There's also a perception that the poor are poor because they made bad choices. They are dumb. Perhaps they have character defects, right? Mm -hmm. So this is the way that the middle class stands in judgment of the poor. They are poor because Mm -hmm. of who they are. And the rich are rich because of who they are. And it completely distorts your perception. You're not understanding uh, American class structures and how it's harder than ever to move up in class. The class that your father is born into is almost certainly in modern America, the class that you will be mm-hmm. in throughout your life. So, you know, the, the t- I think the top 10 list has like five Waltons on it, right? Like these people did not earn their money, no. right? And there's all sorts of ways that the poor find it expensive to be poor, find it taxing to be poor. There are multi-generational economic issues that lead to them continuing to be poor. And that a few random uh, exceptional people have escaped poverty to become great things does not then prove everybody can do it. It's It's sort of the other way around that it proves that it is extraordinarily hard. Look how few people have done it. But this is how we reduce conversations to nonsense which is that we formulate everything, not just in this country, but around the world with good and bad, right? So we say that if you are racist, it's because you are a bad person and you say bad things, right? But I don't say those bad things, so then I'm not a racist. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with the system in which has been created for me to be better off than you are, Mm -hmm. right? It is about individual action as opposed to a structure that was put in place for you to be able to thrive while somebody else doesn't. And it's the same way that we reduce the conversations around capitalism and who it was built to benefit Mm -hmm. and our tax codes and who it was built to benefit. We just say, if you are poor, that's because you're a bad person. So, which then enforces why we don't create policies to help the poor, right? right? Because you're undeserving. It's why Reagan comes out with his imaginary welfare queen, right? Because these people want handouts, right? If only they would get themselves together. If only they would pull themselves up. And you're thinking to yourself, well, wait a minute, but how can I pull myself up if your foot is on my neck? Right. 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 But, but they're like, no, the foot is not there. That's just, that's just your opinion. Right. Well, as if the rich 
did it all by themselves. Mm-hmm. And the poor are just unable to get anything accomplished. None of this is real. The rich are also getting significant benefits from government. Yep. Significant advantages from the system, from generational wealth. Um, Elon Musk's parents had tons and tons of money, right? He did not just make it out of nowhere. So, you know, the the entire demonization of the poor and this sort of long-term development into the lionization of the rich. I think society has always looked at the rich as like special and unique, but something different. We've created an entire industry around Well, yeah, something different has happened in the last several decades where I think in the 70s, entrepreneur was a dismissed word. It was looked down upon. It meant I haven't really figured it out. You might be living in your parents' basement. But with the rise of what happened in Silicon Valley and -hmm. some other places, Mm -hmm. entrepreneur started to take on this sort of like vaunted sort of place in society. And when we had people who were extremely successful creating companies that were very meaningful to a lot of people, right? People like me, I'm brand loyal to Apple, right? Mm -hmm. Like, brand loyal to Nike for whatever reason. Um, <laughs> you don't even remember. <laughs> I don't even remember why I love these companies so much. I'm so far down the road with these religions that we lionize the people. So we're making movies yes. about the wealthy, about the successful entrepreneurs, writing books about them, making TV shows about them. Yep. And there's nothing inherently wrong. I want to read the book about Elon Musk. I am interested in his journey. But the general lionization of these people has led to the middle class being blinded to there's a lot of theft that is the reason why jeff bezos etc are at that level and we're just saying i want to be at that level someday so i'm not going to criticize them i'm not going to get down on them having tax breaks and political advantages i'm just going to look down on the poor it's how our aspirational thinking works against us in this country we never lambast the rich, really, never. right? Because it's it's the American dream and fantasy that one day our lottery ticket, too, will be called. And if my lottery ticket is called, well, I want all of the protections, right, that the rich will have. And so this is how we create a system. And we actually have the power to shift it by voting in people who are like the Elizabeth Warrens of the world, who are just saying to you, so if we were just to tax them, you know, the two the two cent tax, we could pay for, you know, everything that you need. Right. But then it's just like, oh, no, don't go against the rich. That could be me one day. No, no, it's sir. It could not. It could not be, not be you. But also what gets me about all of these movies and these things that are done about these people and what they miss is this. Money gives you the freedom to be able to dream. This show is part of the. From the New Yorker staff writer, Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign. Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions, questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that force David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. 
Inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. Great Expectations will be one of the talked about novels of the year, Colin McCann. Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Pro-Democracy Podcast Coalition. The midterms are coming and it's more important than ever that we protect and fix our elections. We all know that our government is broken. Politicians spend more time working for themselves, their big donors, and their political party instead of for us. We as Americans have had enough of the corruption, partisan bickering, and gridlock. Look, I get that all the nonsense makes you want to tune out, but I'm here to tell you there's reason for hope. Our political system is broken now, but we can fix it. That's why we've partnered with Represent Us. A nonpartisan grassroots organization that has helped notch more than 160 victories to improve our elections and give power back to the voters where it belongs. Right now, until November, there are many, many ways you can get involved. Represent Us is working in cities and states to pass good government policies like ranked choice voting, and they're also recruiting folks to help staff the polls. Let's protect our elections now and for generations to come. Visit represent.us slash pod to learn more. That's represent.us slash pod. Do you know what poor people don't have? The freedom to be able to dream their way out of and innovate out of situations when they are just trying to make ends meet. And it, it gives you time. Time to think. Time to have leisure time. Yes. Time to not be stressed. So if I'm constantly worrying about where am I going to get money for lunch? How am I going to pay my rent next week, tomorrow, later today? How can I have time to think about like to read a book, to just philosophize about my life and where I want my life to go? You become like an animal and that I'm constantly thinking, where am I going to get the next dollar to get the next piece of cheese, to get the next bit of food, the wealthy let me imagine where I want my life to go. And, you know, it, it would, it would be great. We, we need much more income distribution in this country yes. that is more equitable. And I'm not talking about socialism. I'm mm-hmm. talking about a level of disequality that is so great that it is not sustainable. It is not sustainable that what are we at? Something like, one percent have ninety percent of the wealth. Yes. I, I haven't looked at the numbers lately, but it's which is owned it's always to your point like by like ten families. Yeah, it's not sustainable for the nation, and we're not talking about socialism. We're talking about a more equitable distribution of wealth. The country itself is stronger. 
when there is a strong and broad and wide middle class, not a small group of people at the top who have most of the money and a large group of people at the bottom who have very little. That is a system that works for the people at the top. It does not work for the people in the middle, and it definitely does not work for the people at the bottom. No, and it's how you develop the Hunger Games. Mm -hmm. It's how you develop Mm -hmm. a a system and a structure where eventually, right, it will topple over. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you, that's why this entire space race makes me so angry, and I bring it up all the time, is that it reminds me of that very bad movie with Matt Damon, Elysium. The rich were able to take flight, literally, and rocket off of this planet, create an entire other planet where there was no disease and there was no nothing. And it was all health and it was and Earth had turned into literally the pit of despair. The purge. It was it was every person for themselves. But this is what Republicans and the uber wealthy want. And this is why I say sometimes that the new boss is the same as the old boss because rich white men are going to protect rich white men. Right. And that at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what political party that you're affiliated with. We could have had tax code has been changed. Right. But it's like, oh, but who's going to fund my campaign? Who's going to who's going to feed my pack? Who's going to do this? And so Democrats do the same dance that Republicans do. They're just more obvious about it. But the fact, you know, the thing that Andrew Yang, when he was running for president, when he's talking about this basic income, right? Why can't we have that in the wealthiest nation where imagine what would happen with our entrepreneurship, our ability to innovate if everyone knew that their rent and their mortgage was going to be paid, right? That fundamentally, like here it is every month, every American is getting $2,000, $3,000 a month. That's what you're getting as your basic, you know, and anything off of that. Great. You move off of that. There will be some people that will want to hustle really hard and there'll be others. that will be like, great, I can get an apartment for seven hundred dollars and then, you know, live off of the rest. But it's this idea that they have built into us. Three hundred dollars. You're not like you're not kicking out. You're not going to create mass laziness. No. And that is a lie. Hey, I'm a the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now, wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. But all of this is a distraction. It is to have 
people that are poor to be at each other's throats. It's to have the middle class be in this place where they have somebody to look down on, but then also have somebody to look up to. And then everyone is so distracted with trying to make their basic needs met that the rich get away with everything. I wonder if the UBI plan that you're talking about that happens in Stockton, California, that people have been talking about, especially on the left, what it does to crime, if it would have a mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. powerful um, just way of stopping crime, because crime often comes from a sense of anxiety and mm-hmm. stress. We don't have enough money. I have to do whatever I can to get the money. Um, and then, you know, you could go down the road of being a criminal. Now you have money, but I'm already down this road. I've been in prison. I can't get a regular job. Yep. You know, I can get a lot more money this yep. way than so I'm already down. there. But would you start there if you were not in a financial state of anxiety? Mm. I don't think you would. I don't mm-hmm. think if you're 14 or 15 or 16, you would think about crime if the bills were getting paid and you weren't, you know, mom was not stressing over like two jobs, two mm-hmm. graveyard shift jobs or what have you, because we don't have enough money to... You know, I I, 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 only, I can only imagine what impact that would have on that. But I think a lot within this about, you talk about Elysium, which was a great, great, ironic, <laughs> sarcastic need to, like, look watch at this. It again. It's such a great, but I think too about Shark Tank, which is a show that I love, oh, but, but there is a disgusting, cringy undercurrent of it where the wealthy sit in judgment of the middle class who come, I have an idea. Please, Would you uh, please? Will you fund it? Will you fund it? Will you introduce me to, right? Because quite often they're like, we just need connections. We don't know how to get into Walmart. We don't know how to get into Amazon. Like, So just introduce me to other wealthy people so that I can sell this product. To, and maybe you can become one of us. And like, you know, occasionally somebody's product sells so well enough that they get to ascend to the seats, mm-hmm. usually not. But not before Mr. Wonderful wants to take his 50% cut and then like well, yes. have his royalties that well, last for, you know, ever. In perpetuity. He's disgusting. His attitude is disgusting. <laughs> his condescension toward everybody who comes to the show. You're dead to me. You're a cockroach. Do you know how he made his money? He sold a company called The Learning Company, the TLC, to Mattel. Right. That was later dubbed by Business Week the worst business deal of the century. And it's tanked their stock and it ended up leaving them with a $150 million settlement that they had to pay out to shareholders because this deal was so horrendous. He sold them a piece of shit and they bought it, paid a ton for it, and then quit. The CEO got fired. The stock price went down. Like everybody else in the deal got fucked except for him. And yet he sits in judgment and talks about his value, what value a shark brings. While I sit in the south of France dripping, drinking wine and talking to companies about what they should do. And you're dead to me. You're a cockroach because you wouldn't give me royalties in perpetuity on your the fuck out of here. Now, see, and I sit down and I watch that show with my family all the time when we're together and now you're making me hate it. Like, because I think that it is disgusting. It is a panel of billionaires 
right? You know, multimillionaires, some of them billionaires that are sitting there and you have these people that are coming in literally. I mean, some of the stories of them putting their hopes and dreams, their 401ks, every bit of money that they have mortgaging their houses for this one kernel, this one thing that they have that hopes pops. But that's that's what I'm saying. In and terms Kevin's like, there to say, take it out behind the barn and shoot it. Like, really? Really? Yeah, I just... You know, I wish that we didn't have such a what, what is it? Is it Hodgkin's syndrome? Like what what is the syndrome where you like beat your kid and then bring them to what is it? But that is what we have with the wealthy. We are infatuated with the wealthy and yet they do so much harm. Yeah. But we put them on this pedestal as if they they are these miraculous beings. No, they are they many of them. It's luck to be born into a very wealthy family. That's yeah. that's luck. Well, let's talk about the billionaires, right? Because there's more than we can count at this point, which is kind of disgusting. The right would have you believe that the the free market, the private market, will take care of the problems in society if only government would get out of the way. Well, now we have people, many, many people, mm-hmm. who are more powerful than the government because right. they are in control of a shit ton of money. Mm-hmm. Zuckerberg. We, we Zuckerberg, we know that some people have made significant contributions to deal with significant problems, but can we name a situation where a wealthy person mm-hmm. came in and said, this is a major societal ill. I will end this. I can peel off a little bit of money relative to me and end Flint's water crisis right away or end Fox News right away or end this significant problem right away. We have a homelessness problem. Let me just wipe that off the map. We have nobody in this entire county is going to college because there's so many getting arrested. Going to jail. I will put everybody in the and I know like uh, who's the brother who who said at Morehouse, at Morehouse yep. right? Like at Morehouse. that was beautiful. Yep. But that's like what? 200 people? But I mean, but he but he did more. He did with more. the amount of money that he has. Then we're talking about the fact that. I saw. But people can make significant to, change to inside. Out, they are not. To wipe out childhood, to wipe out child poverty, according to some stats, says it would cost $25 billion. $25 billion to wipe out childhood poverty. I think that Amazon is worth $144 billion. Bezos is worth $50 billion, right? Or more, right? Because I think that every every couple of weeks, they're like, Jeff Bezos has another $25 billion, right? So he's worth so much that he could write a check and still be a billionaire. Be, That's how be much fucking money he has. one of the 10 richest people still. in the country. And, and wipe out poverty. I mean, I mean would, you wouldn't even notice the difference between $25 billion and $50 billion. Nothing how in your life. How many jets can you buy? No, how many, nothing in your life would change. And it's like, how could you have... Wow. billion. And I understand he does not open his bank account. He doesn't open his, his, his bank account website and see $50 billion. I understand that it is wrapped up in Amazon stock, but the amount of money that he and Elon and Bill Gates and Oprah Winifrey control, they could end. How could you have enough money? To end Oprah can't even pump. be in the category. She's with in the them. conversation. How is she in the conversation in 
when she has like she's in single digit billions. And I'm talking about people but, that are pushing three digit billions. Yeah, I mean, like I, I, I want them them for I said Bill Gates. I said Elon Musk. I said Jeff Bezos, all these people. Right. But I mean, like any Oprah. Also, if you have three billion and you wrote a check for one billion, you wouldn't notice it. Nothing in your life would change. Right. It's not like you or I, if we peeled off a third of our bank account, there'd be some think, bills that would get pro- paid. I think there'd be a problem. There would be a problem. There would be some macaroni and cheese lunches. Right. There would be ramen. some ramen, but they would not notice the difference. They wouldn't have to fire any of their assistants. No. They wouldn't have to sell any of their homes. Nope. They wouldn't have to get rid of any of their cars. How could you have control of that much money and, and do, know that childhood poverty exists and do nothing? It's a, I, I, I just, that's $100 what I'm million saying. Dollars to Van Jones is not the answer. If you get me started again on that, there are so many goddamn deserving activists and thought leaders and movement leaders, but Van Jones, Donald Trump became presidential today, Van Jones. I want a cowtoe and tap dance for white people, Van Jones. Miss me with it. Why did he get to be the one? And I'm not jealous because he was not given $100 million. He was given $100 million to give away. Why him? No. And, and I'm not even going to say I have a specific problem with that individual. I'm saying... Why is Jeff Bezos, you are, but I've not. <laughs> I'm like, I did. Jeff Bezos, why is Jeff Bezos anointing this one person here? You distribute this hundred million dollars. Like he's the leader of the black community. Like you, you wouldn't have even thought to give that to 10 people. Maybe they'd have 10 different ideas or maybe a hundred people can distribute a million or just even 10 to distribute 10 million ideas, $10 million. And each of you will have different ideas and different spheres of knowledge that you're going to spread. Like, really? One person? Let me just tell you, it wasn't just one person because it was also Chef Jose Andreas, who I absolutely applaud because he does actual work that goes around and helps where FEMA has not shown up Mm -hmm. and helped after hurricanes and things. Um, But I don't. But again, Cause he has the power cause he can, cause he could have picked anybody in the middle of time fucking square and said, here's a hundred million dollars because he doesn't, there's no board of trustees, right? There's no one telling Jeff Bezos where he can and cannot put his money. Yeah. Right? Like, so the, it's like a nation state without any checks and balances. That's what well, we've, that's what we've created. They have, a, they have more money than, Multiple any, countries. Almost any other. I mean, except for the major, except for the five or six major company countries in the world. Yeah. They're they're richer than most countries. Correct. And we want to call that exceptionalism. And we think when, that's okay. And we think that's okay that at this time, I mean, I don't know what is happening in San Francisco with their homeless homelessness explosion. What's happening in Denver, Colorado with their homeless tents communities that they're building in Colorado. It's winter will be there in like five days. Right. And their best idea that they have is to put people in tents. But we want to have wall to wall coverage of Whitey going to the moon for six minutes. 
the the tens of millions of dollars that each of them spent, right, in production of their dick rockets, in production of all of these things, they could have put those, they could have bought a, a, a city block and built actual homes for the homeless. I, I would be curious to know what is the societal value that they perceive in spending this amount of money in going to the moon versus doing something significant on earth, on earth for people who are struggling with poverty, struggling with, I mean, like Africa has a lot of unvaccinated people. This is a, you know, I mean, Bill Gates' thing is malaria and that's great. But like, you know, we have significant human problems on earth that you could destroy and you would be enshrined, enshrined. forever. Jeff Bezos ended childhood poverty. They would build a fucking statue and who would say a word? No one, but they'll do it anyway. So it doesn't matter. They're saying that they are advancing, you know, humankind launching us into a new space age. Do you know how many times I what? heard that? What does right? that even mean? No one knows. It's like from Star Trek. Like it doesn't mean anything actually. So wait, are we moving to, when you say a new era in the space race, Correct. are we talking about the privatization of space? So some company will own the moon? Yes. Great. So that rich people will, because they've been to every place on earth <laughs> to vacation so clearly you need to, you know, build a colony someplace else so you can do something different. I'm so bored. I'm so rich. I'm so bored. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Democracy-ish. Fuck my head up. I'm Torre. And I'm Danielle Moody. You know where we won't be next week? The moon. On the fucking moon. <laughs> 